Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that, unlike Centre Group, has not got a 10% increase in foot traffic. I'm Scott Phillips, and with me is LKQ Euro Auto Parts, apparently. Is that right, Andrew? What? What? I don't know. I, that one's gone over my head. Harrison uh, tweeted me during the, during the week. Uh, there was a business in the UK called Andrew Page. Believe it or not, I didn't know this. I don't know if you knew this. I didn't either. There was a business no. called Andrew Page. It's being rebranded as LKQ Euro Car Parts or something. So there you go. You've, you've now got a new name. From now on, you will be known as LKQ rather than rather than Andrew Page. Is that all right with you? <laughs> even, let's, let's be honest. Even if it's not okay with me, I'm <laughs> probably going to have to wear that. Harrison, thank you for sending that in, mate. That was uh, that was just a bit of fun. <laughs> hey, um, you are, of course, from strawman.com, mate. I've only got one question, as, as you know. I, I, I'm a simple man. I like to understand things. I wonder if you could maybe help me out. Would that Would that be possible? I can do it for you. Would you Would you like to know what it is? Yeah, yeah, maybe if, that, if, that, if that's not too much trouble. I just, I just yeah, think we should well, probably help our listeners and it'd help me too to be able to do it rather than ask you in future, you know, if I knew the answer. I think most people have just conditioned to <laughs> automatically skip the first three minutes of the podcast. And that is a very, very sound idea just quietly. A smart move. Oh, um, except- and there's a pro, pro tip if you haven't figured that one out yet, by the way. Uh, we're a private online investment. Oh, club. good. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... <laughs> Speaking of, just give me the first few minutes, again, speaking of tangents, uh, I, and the first few minutes, just skip it anyway. Have you ever, I, I tried to do that with a YouTube video a couple of times yesterday. And one of those where you, you go forward, like, oh, obviously, you go back, go forward. You realize by the time you try to work out exactly where the show starts, you've pretty much wasted more time than if you just sat through it in the first place. You know, you're kind of like, yes. oh, they've started already. I'll go back a bit. Oh, no, that's not that bit. I'll go forward a bit. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but uh, I've, I've sometimes you just got to just better just to yeah press ahead, <laughs> live through it, live through it, mate. Um, yeah. we have a lot to talk about. By the way, is Strawman now closed? You, you mentioned last week it was open. Yeah, it is. It is. Closed. It is yes. Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, if yeah. you haven't, well, welcome you, to all our new members. If, oh, there you go. If you didn't um, pay attention last week, you missed out on the opportunity to join Strawman.com. Uh, you can, of course, join the Motley Fool instead, uh, or as well, hopefully. Um, and Andrew will let us know. I'm sure in six months or so when Strawman is open again for new members. Um, sure. Happy members, mate. I'm sure they're they're happy and enjoying everything that Strawman has to offer. I hope so. Um, I was actually really encouraged because usually the way that our industry works, as you know well, (laughs) is that when the bulls are running, Uh you know, you you can't you've got to beat people off with a stick. And when times are more turbulent, Mm -hmm. no one's no one's interested. And the great irony, of course, is that well, actually. The best bargains are always had when there's yeah. periods of uncertainty and volatility. When no one else wants to invest, yeah. which is kind of by definition why the prices fall, right? Because right. everyone kind of abandons the market. Not everyone shares always get sold to somebody, as we know. But when, when pessimism's there, you know, people are leaving the market. They're not getting, you know, not getting advice from people like us, or they're not uh, going to your site and, and sharing their thoughts with with each other. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a not not a great time generally to be trying to encourage people. Again, it should be we should be able to say to people. Look, look how cheap things are coming by. Uh, but I don't. Uh, that being said, it can be hard, but it sounds like not so much for, for straw men right now. Actually, we did we we did the same level of intake that we did this time last year. No, just super, it's super encouraging. I think just people tend to to get it a bit more. Now, I've got to yeah. be clear, that doesn't mean that, you know, things will turn around yeah, tomorrow right. or that things won't get a lot worse. Mm-hmm. But I just, I mean, it's a statement of objective fact that, you know, there are much yeah. better prices yeah. available now than there yeah, were. You know, when people were buying monkey JPEGs and mm-hmm. uh, free money was just sloshing through the system. So yeah. it's sort of, yeah, I think, I, think it's in, I think it's encouraging. We, as you know, focus on the small cap um, side of the yeah. market. 
And that's it's it's actually deceptive because you look at you look at the all odds, mm. and we're only eight percent away from all time record. I know. Odds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like there's what what market correct? Yeah. What what are you talking about? Yeah. The market's great, right? Despite all the doom and gloom headlines, when you look at the small ordinaries, um, which is an index which which focuses mm. on obviously the smaller stocks, that's down twenty two percent from its yeah. high at I think I say about eighteen months ago. The all technology index, I think it's down about a similar it amount from its it? yeah, from yeah. its. So it's really a yeah. and actually this is interesting. It's the same in the US as well. If you want to take the Nvidia's and the Apple's and the big sort of like there is I'm I'm going to make this up but it's generally right it's like the there is a very small handful of large yeah. companies that are doing all, the way that these index are, indexes are weighted and constructed doing all of the heavy lifting and if you take that away mm. I believe the US is in a in a bear market mm. now it's so it's, so it's what it is what it is is that I, I would say you one of the there's no formal definitions for this but mm-hmm. i guess one definition i would use for a bull market is when the rising tide is lifting all the boats you know so and i i feel as though that is very much not the case right now um we have some that have been holding up relatively well and 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 supporting everything and outside of that you've seen really some fairly indiscriminate selling mm-hmm. And so, well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will tell you, it sucks. <laughs> on one hand, on the other hand, it's kind of like, well, I don't know if this isn't what I'm here for, what am I here for, right? Like, it, we always say, oh, gosh, it'd be great. If, if only this was to fall 20%, I would back up the truck. And I'm like, well, here's your chance, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be this easy. Is, and now, maybe it goes Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's the old story, right? In, in hindsight, every crisis was an opportunity. But at the moment, every yes. crisis feels just terribly, terribly, you know, uh, disaster around the corner type stuff. It's it's. Uh, look I, at look at any chart and and of a long term market, and you go, oh man, I wish, <laughs> I wish I could go back to two thousand and nine. Yeah, exactly. Right? Oh, what, what oh, I would have done is, yeah, exactly. Oh, nineteen eighty seven. Imagine, oh, you know, two thousand and one. <laughs> I could have, should have. He's like, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you wouldn't have. And and not just you, me either. Like I, t- I always lament to you is it's like I do buy and I do stay. I don't I don't panic and run. But I'm never as aggressive as I anticipate that I will be. And, and that is a very, very, very difficult thing to do because mm. when things are as scary as that, you just think, well, I'll just edge in a little bit. You know, I'll buy this now. I'm not going to sell. And then you think, you know, a year later, it's like, why the hell didn't I back up the truck? Yeah. <laughs> what, was I, what was I waiting for? It was like, the only thing that was missing was a bow on top of it, right? <laughs> like it was, or a silver platter. It was like everything else was kind of there in hindsight. But anyway, so it keeps it interesting. It is, mate. It's very interesting. I, I, it's, it's also, um, uh, even the small odds though, to, to your point, you know what? I, we've talked about this before, right? How do, you, how do you invest in the ASX without the banks and miners and stuff? And it turns mm. out the small odds is actually dominated by, by just smaller miners and, and not yeah. a consequential number of finance companies. So it's almost, you know, what my, this, was, this was like I made yeah. with it. Not that I've still owned it for my envelope, but it was that idea of like, hang on. So I've, I've tried to avoid the big end of town and, and these industries, but because there are so many miners right through it, the kind of second and third tier miners end up in the small odds. Um, there's a bit more yep. tech, a bit, there's other things as well, but um, it, it's actually not that different in, in oh, I shouldn't say it's not that different, it is. But there's, there's enough similarity in makeup to not be getting what you think you're getting uh, for the, from the small odds relative, relative to the, the 200 or the, even the top 20. I may have mentioned this before. I'm just quickly Googling it now. September 5 last year. Yeah, I wrote a piece on called, you know, Houses and Holes, which is, you know, the, the, um, 
the Aussie share market and the Australian economy. Frankly, we love houses, we love holes, we, we don't really do much else. Um, when you look at the ASX market cap, sorry, sorry, by, by company type, you've got 40% are in the materials sector. If you want to look at it by market value, you've got, uh, if you look at real estate, energy, banks, and materials, you've got half the market. So yeah, you can look at exclude certain sized companies and the rest of it. But you're, if you were to throw a dart at the Australian share market, you're probably going to hit a, you're probably going to hit um, a company that invests or lends money to, for people to invest in houses or a company that digs stuff out of the ground. Very good chance. Not <laughs> exactly. There's not well. There's not all that much else out there. Um, at least in market cap terms. And I guess I, you know, this is where I, it's really hard. You see, you know, excluding the big guys, the U.S. market's in a bear market or whatever it is. It, it's always one of those. You can always make that case in either direction. You know, all the time. Yeah. At, at some point, when the big guys fall, the little guys grow. You'll say, except the except the big four, they're in a they're in a bull market. And around and around, you can go that there's something about it, the market is the market is the market. So picking the right but but to your point i think more broadly is you know understanding the market that you're in is important and i think that's probably yeah. where this is you know over time the i've said a million times the the all odds is my bogey because if i can't beat it i should just buy it i said to my members if i can't beat the market over the long term i'm wasting your money buy the index and mm -hmm. go fishing right that that's literally what i said to people which you won't hear too many people say in this industry by the way um but it's it's the reality right it's the truth it's what we should be doing yeah. but in saying that um I, what i think is important is where, during, in, in shorter time periods, when you know the market's sentiment, the market's moods are doing things with share prices, expecting to beat the market holding tech companies right now over the last two years it is almost impossible. Not because you're wrong, although you may be, but because the market is so pessimistic, you, you just simply can't... We've said it a million times, right? The short term, the market's a voting machine. The long term, it's a weighing machine. And if, if Ben Graham was here, he might say... I'll put words in his mouth. I'll, I'll be that uh, that uh, arrogant. He might say, in the short term, the market is a bunch of voting machines. And the long term, it's a singular weighing machine. And I say that because I want to illustrate your point, which is when the market just sours or gets super excited about something, buy now, pay later, anybody, lithium, anybody. Um, mm -hmm. You know, every, everyone at a certain point in time, everyone buying buy now, pay later stocks made money, not because they were good businesses necessarily. They might be, they're probably not, but they might be. Um, everyone made money because the market loved it. And that wasn't, that's not investing. That's just getting lucky on the voting machine, right? Similarly, mm -hmm. as you said, and just to really hammer home the point, on these tech stocks, when the market hates the hell out of all of them, including some profitable, high quality businesses. Now, it hates the unprofitable ones more and probably with some justification, but that idea of just, you know, you, you can't, expect to beat the market when a sector is so badly disconnected from the rest of that market in terms of sentiment and that's a really yeah. important thing for all of our listeners to recognize because it is crushing when you're losing and the market's winning particularly right as you said mate eight percent from an all-time high um and you're down 10 20 30 40 percent you you kind of the, that that's the that's the sleep at night thing that's like what am i doing wrong i can't believe i bought these stocks maybe i should give up and buy the miners and again i'm not saying you shouldn't or should i'm just saying that's when the demons come, right? And and it's just yeah. really, really important not to hold yourself in the short term to that benchmark because you're just never, ever going to be able to control it. You'll beat it sometimes because when tech's hot and mining sucks, the, the ASIC might be down and tech stocks will be through the roof and you'll feel like a genius, right? Neither of those things is real. <laughs> you know, uh, the, yeah. old, the old Kipling poem, if treat those two imposters just the same, over the long term, though, you will find out whether your, your judgment is correct. Uh, look, 100% agree. I, the... the 
market is such a, as, as defined by the leading indices, is such a terrible benchmark, really, but yet it's still an important one. I mean, so often, like, I'll be driving in the car somewhere and the finance news comes on, oh, the market's up today. Oh, I feel a bit better about myself. I open my Comsec app and it's like, oh, not me, <laughs> or, or or vice versa. You know, it's like, and actually, the, the day to day correlation is oh, I've never bothered to mathematically calculate it, but it does, anecdotally, it doesn't feel mm-hmm. that aligned, and nor should it, right? Like, correct. Nor correct, should it. Correct. It's like like that is what I think you need to expect. Um, I also wanted to, to to say something there too. Oh yeah, that's right. So. Gosh, we're in the middle of an earnings season at the moment. Mm-hmm. So companies coming out usually with their full year results, depending on the, the financial year end, but mostly full year yeah. with the 30 June end. A couple of tech stocks that just – look, I'm used to very big moves one way or the other in small caps because that's what they do. They're very volatile. You don't often see it with billion-dollar companies and billion-dollar-plus companies. I don't know if you saw the results for Ordinate an Altium. I saw No, I didn't. I just see the Altium share price up 26% on release. That was extraordinary. So Altium for those that don't know. It's a massive company know, too, by the way. It's not, not a tiny tin pot, you know, would-be software company. It's huge. It's a it's a $6.11 billion up company. Tw- well, there you go. So that's up 25%. We got, that's a, what, again, was from a lower base. So let's say it was, well, at least a billion dollars worth of market cap that it increased yep. by on, on a single day. On a day. Mad. Unbelievable, yeah. And so, and so that is... W- you, you're always looking. Oh, where are the bargains? What's happening? How come nothing is moving? And then, like, and it, and and it, it's another reminder for me that it's often a case of gradually then suddenly with with investing. It just is like, oh, I feel. Oh, what am I doing? The stock's going down. Nothing, and then everything happens, right? And it's another reminder that the market is not efficient. The market is not efficient. I don't know how many times we need examples and proof of that. If it was, you don't mm. see. You might say, okay. The market wasn't perfectly expecting this kind correct, of. Correct. You don't see billion-dollar companies or multi-billion-dollar <laughs> right. companies increase right. that much in a single day for perfectly efficient markets. There are That's bargains right. everywhere correct. in all conditions, and there are there are horribly overpriced uh, mm-hmm. uh, things that are about to collapse on themselves every day. And this is what I think we we just worth reminding ourselves um, of this. But mm-hmm. you know. Spot on. Here's here's the other thing. Here's the other thing I think because I know both of these companies uh, well and have held them both in the past. <laughs> it's like the self-flagellation, and you <laughs> yeah. see this stuff right now. Yeah. Oh, no, it's yeah. up twenty-five. Yeah. You know, oh, bugger. You know, I've missed it. Well, yeah. I, I, don't, like, I, I really don't want to suggest, it, and I don't hold them because <laughs> I guess there are some valuation concerns. Even though I think yeah. LTM and Ordinate are just two spectacular businesses. Mm-hmm. There's a very good chance you've never heard of, right? Because yeah. they just don't get talked about like Commonwealth Bank and BHP and <laughs> Telstra and all yeah. the other boring stuff that's out there. But they, yeah. these are incredible businesses who whose whose performance has been driven by very genuine fundamental mm-hmm. improvements, like just in cash flows, revenues, yeah. uh, you know, all of the things that actually matter for anyone who cares about what you're actually buying here, which is a, which is a business. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, but the, the reminder for me here was that I. I remember back when I was with you guys at the Motley Fool, we recommended mm. Altium at some yeah. ridiculously low price. Mm. And then I said to our members, take some profits. Mm. <laughs> I think it was at $12 or something. <laughs> like, you know, I just look back and I, and I did the same personally, you know, and yeah. I sometimes you, we've talked about this a lot and I'm, I'm more sort of saying this for my own sake to mm. hopefully have it stick a bit better is that, 
you can be too clever by half with portfolio management, reweightings, valuations, and the rest of it. Not not to say for a second that none of that matters. I think it's really important. But but I think, and here's the important caveat for very high quality companies. Yes. Okay. So for less less you know just average companies, then then this what I'm about to say doesn't hold true. But for very those and they are rare. For those very rare high quality compounding machines, capital light big long runways, aligned management, huge high return on equity, strong balance sheet, yada, yada, all, all of these things, you know, mm -hmm. d demonstrable mm -hmm. competitive advantage and moats in their business with big opportunity, et cetera, et cetera. Don't be too clever with that kind of stuff, you know? And, 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 and there's been plenty of times where it's rocketed up to a record high. You could have sat there, case in point, 2016, shares had gone from <laughs> 490 at the start of the year to 925, missed out. Yeah. Well, since then, it's That's like right. That's right. 5X yeah. <laughs> since then. <laughs> and I don't know what's going to happen to the share price today. And I really want to be clear on this. Mm -hmm. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the year 2032, we look back and go, oh, imagine if you could have bought this thing at $46. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Well, and by the way, mate, it went from $28 to 20 in 2019. And so, yeah, it's up, yeah. It's up a lot. Oh, I've missed out. Oh, it's, for, it's down. Oh, I better sell. The, the story's over. Um, yes, I, I don't know. I don't know how many more times we can give examples of stop letting the market tell you what to think. I, I've actually I've pulled up the graph, and yeah, you know, if you look at it over the, over the highs, it's gone. It was you know. Well, the other thing I'm going to say, Matt, quickly actually, Altium is for all of that which is true, um, the shares are now back to where they were back in December 2021. Yeah, that's true. Too, and so, yeah. so you know, yeah. is, is it a big jump? Yes. Um, was it? You know, <laughs> did, did everyone? If you held it since then, you've got back to where you were. If you'd bought it on that now, I don't believe in buying just on that day. My point is, you know, yep. a jump like that is not a company going to the moon to a, you know, I think it's probably an all-time high just by a couple of cents, but only by a couple of cents, right? So it's not exactly, this might be just one of those businesses that was destroyed by the market. This is back to your point originally, which is we hate tech right now. Well, why? It's still Altium. Yep. If, you, if you'd focus on the business, you wouldn't have sold when the, the price went from $45 down to 25 in June yep. last year, right? So, so that six-month fall-ish, um, share price almost halves. And maybe it was justified. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know the business well enough to know for sure. But to your point, a quality business, when the shares are like that, it, people and people sold that day. This is the other thing, right? It's not like the share price fell as a theoretical exercise. Somebody mm. on that day said, I'm out. I don't believe mm -hmm. in the future. I don't like the pain of the falls. Tech is on the nose right now. All those things that, you know, um, would have been said at the time. Who's buying tech right now? It's a silly idea. People hate tech. Well, if you bought then, you've almost doubled your money on the way back up. If you held, yep. you at least made good. And again, that's not the sort of return you're necessarily looking for. But to believe that, you know, the show is over um, with a quality company is is a huge, huge leap. I I tweeted this morning about we're recording this on Wednesday, unusual. I've got to be I've got to travel tomorrow. Um, I tweeted this morning about this is a football reference, which will you know some people will get, some people won't. That's okay. I won't spend too long on it, but. Um, Latrell Mitchell's a South Sydney uh, football player and the the ructions inside South Sydney are on allegation that he and another player, Cody Walker, are being treated differently because they're stars no one wants to upset them. And the theory goes, rightly or wrongly, uh, at least as reported, that's responsible for some of South's poor performances recently is the, the unhappiness in the club. And mm. I just... Latrell Mitchell was, was let go by the Roosters. Uh, went, uh, I'm a Roosters fan, by the way. Went to South's. The Roosters kind of went, you know what, we want a certain type of people at the club. It's no comment on Latrell Mitchell at all, or the way he's being managed, or he can, he's entitled to behave how he wants and be treated accordingly as a result.
But they said, we want a certain type of culture. We want a certain type of club. We're going to do a certain type of thing. And it just reminded me that, the, you know, when you, when you let a superstar of the game go, he's a genuine, he's a massive talent, right? People say, how would you let that person go? They're a, they're a superstar. The clubs make different decisions. One said, we're happy to have some short-term pain or, or, or loss of upside because we're trying to get the culture right. We want to build a certain club a certain way, not necessarily right or wrong, different horses, different courses, but we're building a culture here. Now I'm biased from a Roosters fan, as I said, but it just reminded me that at companies in particular, if you have those things that tend to make for successful investments, successful businesses, they won't always be right in the short term. The share price won't always go up and to the right without, without ceasing. But if you get the fundamental building blocks right, the short-term pain, the short-term volatility will be exactly that. More often than not, the long-term results will be worthwhile because you've got the right recipe in place. Yep. I, my, my sense is Souths are saying, well, we'll treat these guys differently because we're happy to sacrifice a bit of culture for a bit of a short-term performance and we don't upset them because they might not play as well or they might want to hang around. And again, I'm not, I'm not criticizing those guys at all. I don't want to make it a comment on them. Um, I don't know how right the reports are or whether it's just someone guessing and making stuff up. But um, to be really, really clear, the, the reality was, you know, it, it seems not to be working as well as it might. Now, how does that come back to mm-hmm. investing? Specifically because I want to go back to what you said, mate, about the right components of, of, of great businesses and then kind of let them do their thing, right? Am I going to get instant results? No. Am I going to get results at all? Maybe not. Maybe it's the exception that proves the rule. But if you get the building blocks roughly right, the formula roughly right, you'll probably be more successful than average. That's all you need in investing to beat the market by definition is be a bit mm. better than average more often than not. Do that. Yep. That's where the results are going to come from. And 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 the, the other one for me has been reminded a few times this reporting season is to have patience. I mean, think about it from the ground level of running a business. So we're running a business, we're selling some widgets and we're looking to improve our profits because that's what companies do. And the board sits around the table and they go, actually, there's a really good opportunity either you know, in a different geography or maybe we could branch out into this other product. And we all do our analysis and let's assume that we do really good analysis. And we go, yeah, this, this is a great idea. This is, there is an opportunity here and we've got a real advantage if we want to sort of pursue this. Now, the moment that decision is made to the moment that new sales come through, either in a new geography or from a new product, can be years. I have to build a team. I have to get our new production runs going. I need the designers to get in play. I need every, think about, and particularly if you're a large company, the logistics involved in doing that, right? It's gonna take a while. It's also going to suck a whole bunch of money out of our business on day one because I now have to I have to hire people today. I need extra warehouse space today. You know, I need the licensing today. And if I'm lucky, if this is business, welcome to business, right? Maybe I will get a return for that in the future. The share market and the analysts go, oh, I love it. I love that. It's mm. such a super sexy story. That is brilliant. Oh, and off we go. And now the share price is 20% high. So we just assume that everything's going to be fantastic. Next quarter rocks around and the cash flows are really poor. Oh, there's no free cash flow. This is a disaster. What are they doing? They're mismanaging their costs and everything falls away again. It's like, what the hell? Like, obviously, what, what were you expecting? I'll give you a really good example, I think, 
Um, we'll see. Time will tell. But it potentially looks like that. It's a company called Nanasonics. Yeah, guys great make business. A disinfecting pro- it's a brilliant mm-hmm. business, right? Mm-hmm. Razor and blade model. They've got these, this device that sterilizes ultrasound probes. And used to be you just sort of wipe it down with some ethanol. <laughs> and now it's a bit more <laughs> advanced exactly, and better. Exactly. You know, and, and they have grown their revenue at an extraordinary rate. And they make a squillion dollars on very high margin. It's like Gillette, right? You buy the razor cheap and the, the blades cost you a fortune. So you buy the unit, the Trophon unit, reasonably cheap. Well, not cheap, it's about 10 grand US, something like that. But the, um, the reagents, pretty expensive, pretty good margin. And you're, you're kind of using the machine. You've got to buy the reagent. As I understand it, it's basically a hydrogen peroxide formulation. Anyway, right? Brilliant model. Just fantastic. I love the business. It's got $100 million in the bank and no, it's, a, it's the most, it, it's, I don't use the term lightly, but there's very few companies that would have what you'd call a fortress balance sheet. Like you can have a view on the company, you can have a yeah, view on the valuation, yeah. but they are gushing cash mm-hmm. And they have more money than they know what to do with. More mm-hmm. than many, you know, small nations, right? Um, <laughs> last year, mm. it was one of the, if not the most, one of the most shorted stocks on the market. Amazing. And I was reminded to look at this because I was mm. being chatted about on Strawman. I was like, actually, I remember when they were the most short. So it was between March and September of last year, 10% of all of the shares outstanding were shorted. It's crazy. So- all of these, and we always just assume short sellers just know what they're yeah, doing. Right? Yeah. On the long side, we're all a bit dumb, but the short is, oh, there's something going on. You wouldn't do that unless you knew. Well, mm. you know, at, at that time, the average price over that period is about $4, 95%, 90, 90% of the time that was below the current price. Mm. So the most actively shorted stock on the market, <laughs> zero chance of becoming insolvent mm-hmm. anytime, even if they completely mismanaged it from them. Anyway, what a mad, my point here is that don't, don't pay that much attention to short sellers, right? Like listen to what we've talked about this before. Okay, someone's got a negative view on it. What is it? Take it seriously, but just don't assume that, it, that it's right. Um, my point, it's kind of gone on a very big detour here. My, my um, original point with this is that they have decided to invest very heavily in taking that same kind of technology and using it for um, a different type of medical apparatus. They've had to spend a lot of money developing this. And they're getting to the stage, we're really sort of at the pointy end of now commercializing it. So a well, number of good number of years of money that has could have just gone to shareholders' pockets in the form of dividends, in the form of buybacks, and any other kind of thing. But no, they decided to do this. You look at shares and they are actually still at least on eight times sale. That's a lot for a big company like this. And you think, well, what is going on? This might be an example of something where the market has looked ahead and go, well, if you get half the kind of penetration that you got with the Trophon unit, da, 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 da. Um, but okay, what's my point? Rambling at this point. My point is, is that, you know, you, you also need patience to allow things to ripen. You can't force open the petals of a flower, Scott. It will blossom when it's ready, but you do need very, to water very it. Very zen of you, very, very yeah. Buddhist or Hindu or something. <laughs> You can't. I'm, I'm lucky that you leave your turned over here. It's a very, very zen kind of approach from you, take. But I, I ram. I, I like. I, I, I say it and I say it and I say it because I think that is one of the few edges that you have as a private investor. Because while the, the the professionals are looking quarter to quarter, year to year, and all this kind of stuff, if you can just do 
the ordinary, not the extraordinary. Mm, mm. If you can do the ordinary for extended periods of time, mm -hmm. to your point, yeah, focus on the thing. Right. What parts exactly. do they have in place? Oh, yeah, they've got this. It's really balance sheet, good cash yep. flows, nice competitive position. Oh, oh, and they're making some in, some sensible um, mm -hmm. moves into, you know, I'm not saying, you know, back any sort of reckless thought bubble from the CEO who's going <laughs> to sort of build his empire or whatever. I'm, Which also I happens just way mean, too frequently, yes. That happens a lot, right? But, you know, a company that's making some prudent mm -hmm. investments for the future, you know, everyone will get excited then everyone will get impatient the shares will race up then they'll race <laughs> down right. this is this is a gift from heaven mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. anyone who's got a degree of patience and can just as i say do the ordinary when everyone else it just finds it really really difficult to do mm -hmm. it's like uh, is it one of the great philosophers said all of humanity's problems stem yes. from man's inability to sit in, in sit alone. in a room on yeah. uh, alone and do nothing right <laughs> and that is that is that is mostly what investing is about yes a yes. lot of homework yes, a lot of correct. thinking but then get the hell out of the way right let 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 the petals bloom when 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 the conditions are right Indeed, or something. Um, yeah, Blaise Pascal, it was. All of humanity's that's problems it. stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Uh, I think that's 100% unquestionably true. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. We've talked a little bit about some retail numbers in the past. We've talked about JB Hi-Fi and Nick Scarly. We've talked about others... Um, I think we might have talked about Adairs last week. I can't remember. Coles and Woolies reported their earnings this week, as did Centre Group, the business that owns the West, uh, West Arms, the Westfield Centres in Australia. Um, the, the business is kind of split. So there's Westfield International and there's Centre Group, which has the, the rights to the Westfield name in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, and so I just want to kind of share some of these thoughts, right? So we've seen, for example, uh, JB Hi-Fi, good-ish, half. Uh, sales are down in the new financial year. So basically July and early August, sales were down. Nick Scarly, same thing, down I think 8% in the first month. Uh, Adairs were down on all their three brands in the new year. Um, we've, you know, it's, it, that, so they're discretionary retailers. At the same time, we saw coal sales up, I was only a couple of percent, maybe three or 4%, I think. And their profit from continuing operations after you split out their fuel business they sold off was actually down. 0.3%. Woolies results out uh, today, Wednesday. Um, the results were okay. Moderate, up, up kind of mid-single-digit percentages, uh, top and bottom line. Uh, an okay result. There's just so much going on, mate. I, and I guess it's probably worth... I'll, I'll just kind of give some thoughts and I'll ask you to do the same, mate. I um, So first thing I want to say is I've said this a lot and I'll keep saying it for a bit. We still haven't got a clean year of retail sales, either in the current year, it's pretty clean-ish, but we're comparing against COVID impacted periods of time. And so trying to work out what normal looks like, we're still not there. Even though we feel like the, uh, the um, you know, COVID's in the rear vision mirror for a lot of us, certainly the lockdowns and the, and the worst of the pandemic um, are, are in the rear vision mirror, but the impact on the economy, we know generally uh, is very much still playing out. And for retailers in particular, still playing out. So, we, you know, we saw a lot of retailers that went, did really, really well. We've then seen them kind of come back to the field in some cases because people went back to the store. So the online guys or even the online sales of the omnichannel guys had, did really, really well. And now we're seeing that kind of come back to normal. We're seeing center group report 10% increase in, in foot traffic in their centers. Again, should it be surprising? Probably not because we went back to the shops uh, again versus last year where there was still a COVID impacted period. So I guess I, I, I just, I th and by the way, on top of that, 
you've got this slowing economy where discretionary spending is, and probably rightly, um, you know, reducing because people are trying to find money to pay higher rents, to pay higher prices, to pay higher mortgages. So it's, it's still a really, really messy scenario, mate. I think I would just caution our listeners not to, I've probably said this before, not to draw too much uh, from what's going on now. I think there's a real um, challenge around what normal looks like and i would just encourage people not to believe this is necessarily normal in any of those directions do i think westfield suddenly unlocked the secret to more people shopping in store no um personally i actually think online sales are going to continue to grow um over time over the long term uh, structurally because i think we're going to more and more of us going to find you know ways and preferences to shop online not everybody people still go to the shops i just think there's still so much to be to play out i just would really really suggest people be careful last thought mate i think i don't use this term before i think we're in a discretionary retail winter i think it started i think the next 12 months can be really tough for discretionary retailers um doesn't mean you should sell their shares i don't think so you may disagree mate um partly because the shares already kind of reflect that that expectation markets reasonably good most of the time at looking forward and seeing trouble coming and and recovery coming as well um, so it just, it just strikes me that there's, there's a lot going on in what's normally a reasonably easy to understand sector. And there's different numbers in different directions. Just just be careful not to, particularly if you've got a, a predisposition or, or, or a, you know, a preconception of what you expect, just be careful not to see what you think you're seeing in, in the numbers and don't assume necessarily that it's a new normal as opposed to another you know, yin and yang, another up and down in, in this sort of market. I was going to say that these results give something for everyone because you you can and I'm I'm want to do this you you can cherry pick what you want to to get a bit of confirmation bias so you've got a pretty bearish view on the economy that you'll find a bunch that's of stuff exactly, that's exactly yes gonna, you know, 100%, 100%. Uh, and if you want to go oh, things aren't as bad and when you can see you'll you'll find that as well so that's that is the, the hard part is sort of trying to be objective through it all and balance it and, and recognize that. You know, it's never black and white. There's there's always um, various things going on. But yeah, I think I agree with you. It's going to get really tough. I mean, I mean, it, I'm reluctant to do it because it always goes back to the favorite hobby horse. But I feel it, it always comes back to two things, essentially. It comes back to inflation, comes back to housing. Um, no one's spending. You know, we've, we've seen some good rebounds from post periods and the rest of it first part of the year, everyone's sort of saying, yeah, it's going to be tough. Sales are falling all on the discretionary spot because everyone's paying more on that. Well, let me be careful. A lot of people are paying extra on their mortgage, not everyone. In fact, half of the mortgage cliff is yet to roll over. We keep talking about this cliff. It's not a cliff. It's a series of waves and there's a lot more waves to come. In fact, the bigger one- It's kind of, it's kind of steps down, right? Like it's, it's it, you know, it's going to, it's going to, you know, every individual person falls off their own cliff. Uh, but because yes. it happens over an extended period of time, you get a week's worth of it and another week, another week, another week. So you kind of have this, yes. this stepping down over time of more and more mortgage or stepping up if you want to think about the, the costs of them, but trying to keep it in the cliff metaphor. But you're right, there's no single event. It's, it's a range of sequential events daily, weekly, over the next 18 months. Yep. And so we had, we talked about CBA, Westpac had their results out recently. Same thing, same exact thing. You know, they, they're, they're all as politely as they can sort of pointing to this. I mean, it is the elephant. You can't talk about the Australian economy, the Australian share market without talking about that. And you don't need me to tell you, look look at your own situation, dear listener. I mean, what, what do you spend most of your money on? I guarantee you it's rent or your mortgage, or you're happy to be in a fortunate situation where you've paid off the majority of your house, if not all of it, and you belong to a certain demographic, in which case you're a bugger. <laughs> I'm very jealous <laughs> and envious of you. Um, no, we like look, our listeners. I mean, do we like our listeners? 
No, I'm just saying you play the cards you've got, right? And well oh, exactly, done to you. Exactly. But, but it's my, my point is, is this bifurcated economy and that it really is everything. And, and, and even when you look at Woolies and Coles, which are non-discretionary, you can't, I can live without the Louis Vuitton handbag. I can't live without food, right? And we had food price inflation of something like 6 to 7% over the year. And I think a lot of them, God, the financial reporting is just so asinine, so annoying. Mm-hmm. But anyway, expect, I think there was a lot of people like sharpening the knives, ready to sort of go, ah, <laughs> bastards. And look, I'm the last to defend them, right? Because they are bastards in a lot of ways. But, but um, the results weren't great. And Coles, in, I haven't had a chance to dig through Woolies yet, but Coles, their costs really surprised everyone, like just shot through the roof here. So I was like, yep, the, uh, the price of, of your eggs and your milk and your bread and all that have gone uh, much, much, much higher. They haven't actually done that well as a result of it because, hey, they're paying suppliers more. Um, they've had to pay their staff more for new wage agreements. They've had to uh, account for the entitlements that they've got to deal with more. So there's a whole bunch of extra sort of things that are that are in that. But it is interesting, though, isn't it? When you're when you and they are. So again, non-discretionary is broad term. But I noticed that Coles was sort of saying, actually, we're noting that we're doing much better in the home brand segment. Now that's exactly. good for them because it's yeah, a better market. Correct. But but what does what does that say to you? It says, well, I'm not buying the the more expensive stuff. I'm I'm buying the cheaper stuff. Um, and they're also saying actually people are eating out less. So this is, I mean, goods. I mean, this is why th- th- these companies can be are considered reasonably defensive because of these factors. But what is it telling you? It's telling you that a lot of people are doing it tough. No one's eating out nearly as much as they were before. Everyone's mm. down, going down the the, the um, quality spectrum, if I can put it put it that way. Mm. Um, uh, it's tough out there. It's super, super tough mm, out mm. there. And and again, your direct experience, like if you've got three houses all paid off and you've never had it better, um, if if you're trying to pay off a mortgage or you're paying rent, then you've, you've probably haven't had it worse for a long, 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 long time. And I, yeah, I think it's going to get tough. The, the, but that's first level thinking. The second level thinking, and I know this is what you were getting at, which is, yeah. is this not priced in correct well, i wouldn't i wouldn't say definitely mm-hmm. to 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 ultra degree of prison but, but but when you're looking at things particularly like nick scarley and jb hi-fi and stuff mm-hmm. we're on single digit pe's uh i i feel as though it's kind of like the time to sell was not well you like was before now yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of like you're, you're you're sort of the the horse has bolted and mm-hmm. now you're ra- you're racing to shut the gate again who knows if it doesn't go down another 20 percent or so but a I the question here isn't is this going to be is FY24 going to be yeah. tough for discretionary retailers? I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough. The question is through the cycle, what does the valuation look like relative to that? Is, is mm-hmm. it a permanently mm-hmm. impaired industry? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a challenge. And look, I don't I don't necessarily know for sure either. I mean, I've made some bets. I own some retailers, including I don't know if I mentioned Adairs, but I own Adairs shares for for the record. Given I probably mentioned them, I think. Um, I suspect that um, if these businesses aren't permanently structurally damaged, uh, then the share prices underestimate what the future looks like if you go out far enough. 
Doesn't mean share price can't fall in the meantime. Doesn't mean SARS won't get worse in the meantime. I think they will. I think 20, FY24 will be a tough year, reported year for all of these discretionary retailers because of things we just talked about, about who's spending, where they're spending and how much they've got to spend. And that's that's going on. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the RBA started to cut rates in the first half of the year, towards the first end of the first half, maybe later in the year, might be even 2025. No predictions. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Um, and that might kick some things back into gear. Uh, we've certainly got plenty of migrants coming to the country, so that'll that'll help consumer spending to some degree as well. Although a lot of that's going to go into house prices, so uh, choose your choose your you know your inference uh, accordingly. I'll and- come I'll come back to that, but I, I want to call a bunch of BS on that. But yes, come keep okay. going. Um, so yeah, I, I, it, it's just it's just it's worth thinking just thinking through what's going to happen or, or what might happen. But again, kind of almost back to the tech thing a bit, like. The market's hating on these stocks right now, and and maybe for the right reason. Maybe the prices are, you know, perfectly valued. Maybe they're too expensive. Maybe they're overvalued already. Maybe they should fall further. But if you look back, and I've said this before, we've done a lot of work on retailers looking back to 2019, and not you can take that and assume nothing's happened in the meantime. But if you look at a you know a relative, you know, growth of these retailers, assuming and you shouldn't assume this only, but just as a starting point, they haven't lost share, then they should have grown sequentially by you know a few percent a year generously. Um, to now, and then a few percent a year into the future. If you kind of do that, you know, look through the the booms and busts of the last four years, and what's probably going to be a bust for this year, um, they're not particularly expensive in my view. But again, I could be entirely wrong. I'm not saying buy them. I'm just saying, but but also just be careful with things like center, right? Like my, my personal view is that physical retail remains under serious long term pressure. Now I could be wrong about that, but if I'm right then don't just take the 10% as, oh, Westfield, is, they're selling it as, you know, we've, we've unlocked the key to getting people to shop in stores again. And it's like, well, no, kind of COVID just finished and <laughs> people went back to the shops. And, you know, you, management always blames something else when things go wrong and, and take the credit when things go right. And they might be right. I don't want to blame or have a go at, at, uh, at, at census management, but just, just be careful that the underlying trends, I think this is my, my key point, is the underlying trends will be there. Um, you know, the things about, think about a share price graph, right? Top, bottom left to top right for the market. So let's just say the whole market, not every company. Over that time, lots of wiggles, lots of squiggles. We talk about Altium, right? All that stuff. Um, the business's long-term results will determine the outcomes and that'll be impacted by the, the ability to take advantage of the circumstances they find themselves in. My best guess is we haven't hit peak e-commerce yet. I think more people will find more opportunities to buy more things online over time. If that's true, then you want to be mindful of those businesses that are geared up for that and those who potentially aren't. And there's a, there's a, you know, a reasonable argument to be made, I think, that those who believe e-commerce is dead or dying or flatlined or matured, I think they'll end up being wrong. But again, I could be wrong. No, you're not, I don't think. <laughs> but no, no, I guess the, the, the thing is with those statements that I think people misconstrue is, is one of time frame, And I, I'll use the well-used example of the internet. You know, in the late 90s, everyone was talking about how the internet was going to be huge. And they were absolutely right. They just, you know, we didn't know it was going to sort of take 20 years before it became significant. And then we sort of look at it now and goes, oh, now we have the internet, not, not having any clue that we're still at the dawn of the information. And like this, is, this thing has got so much further to run. Um, so I think you're right. I think there will always be a place for physical retail and people will make that argument. But there is, there is a difference here when you're looking at retail between, in fact, this is, this is true of most industries. The real skill, I think, as a long-term investor, or one of the core skills is distinguishing between what you would call a cyclical factor and a structural factor. 
And again, I know I've talked about this before as well, but it bears repeating. There are, there are the, My I'll pick on Myers, right? Of the world, which the department store model, I think is pretty much fundamentally broken and on the way out, you know? I agree West, completely. West, Westfield, is, Westfield has destroyed that, that, that model. So that's, that's a question of, oh, well, things are tough because, you know, no one's spending money in shops anymore. It's like, yeah, that's true. Mm, but it's mm. also because you're just less and less and less relevant, you know? Exactly. So th th anyone who's going to get into the reason. newspaper yeah, game exactly. yeah, right now yeah, or the yeah. fax machine game or the yeah. pager game or whatever, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, the horseshoe game or whatever it is, it's sort of like, yeah, there might be swings and roundabouts in the economy, but you are sailing into a very stiff wind that is not going to mm. abate ever. Mm. In fact, is likely to get stronger and stronger and stronger. So you have to understand the difference on that. So when you're talking about uh, what you're talking about, I think, yeah, that, that is a wind that's going to get much stiffer uh, over, over time. It's, but it's just it's going to take a long time to to play out mm. And, mm. And, and will evolve. So I think, because I, rem I remember people making like, you know, uh, whatever Kogan or Amazon or any drink, any of these sort of companies have been sort of discussed, people will sort of use these kinds of things, make, make arguments in reference to these kinds of things and expect that in two years' time it's played out. Like, no, that's, that's, that's the thing to, to be mindful of there, I think. Um, so it's just, it's just not going to be a quick thing. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, just on the, just on the housing thing. Um, <laughs> oh, no. You housing, really? <laughs> so so I, I told you before we recorded mm. I, I do a little bit of um hate reading i don't mind a bit of hate reading you know so i'll look up annual reports of of companies that i don't like and just just purely to cherry pick and stoke my confirmation bias i know what i'm doing i'm not proud of it but i'm just being honest with you that's what i'm doing and i looked up mcgrath recently so that's a real online um uh, sorry a, a listed Real estate agency. Anyway, they had some pretty damning sort of numbers in there. Volumes fell 20% over the year. Profit was absolutely smashed. House prices were down, I think, 5% across the board, 3% across, 3.7%, I think, across their network. Anyways, figures I liked, I liked to, to sort of see. But what was interesting is John McGraw was sort of saying that oh, everything is going to pick up um, because of migration. And you hear this again and again and again and again. And I think what is... I would question is that I think people who are going to hang their hat on migrants saving us need to think mm. a little bit more detailed about it. If you're saying, we talked the other day that I think we're bringing about a Canberra sized population into the country <laughs> yeah. every year. Yep. Okay. And that's, that's a large number. That is obviously <laughs> going to stoke demand, right? It just is like, okay. But that, again, first level versus second level thinking. If those 400,000 people are investment bankers and surgeons, yeah, that's going to be great mm. for housing. Mm. Uh, they're not. Not all of them, at least. And in fact, we have figures on this. You can Google it. I was busy Googling it before when you were talking. And you have nurses, you have teachers, yeah. um, uh, you have uh, uh, mental health care workers, you have, uh, you know, Deliveroo drivers. And they're, 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 we are bringing in people who, who obviously mm. find Australia a very appealing place to live, <laughs> obviously. And yeah, I'm, I'm on yeah. the record as saying, I, I feel as though let's, you know, give yeah. us, give us your, your best and brightest. We'll take them, you know, mm -hmm. and the, it makes us stronger overall. Um, but, but they're not the people who are going to be just easily buying one and a half million dollar <laughs> yeah, properties exactly. for a exactly. two bedroom crap hole in, in the, in the inner West. Yeah, just, it's just yeah, not right. Yeah. They're, and their banks are not going to lend to these people. So I just feel as mm -hmm. though 
while on a net basis, yes, I don't see how uh, the, 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 the cohorts that are bringing in are somehow coming in with millions and millions of dollars or incredible credit ratings that they're, they're going to continue the Ponzi going for much longer. <laughs> yeah, I... Controversial or yeah, not? Yeah, oh, no. I don't think it's as... I think it's as black and white as that, mate, because I think there's a... There's a that's just the wrong word. I can't think of the right word. There's a... You know, when you add someone... When you add someone at the bottom, it pushes everyone up a rung or, or a bit. Um, mm-hmm. I do like the property ladder rungs. I, I shouldn't use rungs. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, is, is the migrant going to buy the million dollar house? No. But is the migrant going to do this job and then that it grows the economy? Someone else gets a job because they spend that money and everyone's a little bit richer. And so the person who's going to buy a $900,000 house now buys a million dollar house. You know, that, there, is a, there is a potential for, um, not the rise of lift all boats, but just, you know, if the economy grows and they're added to demand, that's how economies get bigger over time anyway. So there is, there is a natural... Um, upward pressure on asset prices as a result, particularly with limited supply, which is the other thing we've talked about plenty of times in the past. So, you know, add more population. Everyone's got to stretch a little bit more to get a house because there's only so many houses to go around. You know, does, does does it support prices at some level? Yeah, maybe. I think, I think, you know, the, 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 the increase in, in it definitely supports it definitely adds to that right yes. like it, yes. it, it is in favor of that purely because of the added demand no question i just i just, but there is a mathematical reality of like to what degree now there's not to say that there will ever be a vacancy rate that's beyond a slither <laughs> there never will be but that's a difference between me expecting that i'm going to get double digit annual gains from here to kingdom come like that that's the difference that i would i would question yeah no i, I try, and, and again that's that that's it's a really really important difference because i i'm not saying that either but but it, so you know but but i'm also going to save the thing maybe in the short term if, if saving is preventing collapse possibly yes so I, we probably have to define our terms and, and to be yes, clear with yes. what we're trying to say here i'm not for a second saying that that migration keeps property prices increasing at historical rates but i think yes. what it, to whatever degree there is there is risk or um, yeah risk on the on the downside I suppose which is risk um, that your price may fall growing growing population mitigates some of that risk maybe not all maybe it still falls in a heap I don't, not, I'm not making predictions but all things yep. be equal more people <laughs> rather than fewer people uh, is, is going to do a better job of, of mitigating against potential falls and, and those calamities that may come if there wasn't that in place because we're taking in people faster than we're building houses at the moment, which is just the just the reality. Yeah. No, you're right. And there's the nuance, right? No, it's just you never ask the barber if you need a haircut. That's <laughs> exactly. that's the thing. And don't ask John McGraw what he thinks the property market is going to oh. do, is what I would say, because yeah. he is going to say, oh, it's tough now, but it's going to get really better and um, uh, because X and because Y. And like things that like will, as they sort of hit your brain, you'll go, yeah, makes sense. Right, but but then on reflection, there is there is a lot more complication to that, and I, I feel is, is it is the the especially in the context he's talking is it's not just about overall does it had a little bit of support? Yeah, it does. Mm. But 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 they are very much saying, and a lot of people of vested interests are very much saying, oh no no no, that is that is going to go back to you know your, your property doubling every seven years or whatever nonsense mm. you know mm. rule of thumb people come up with. Mm. That's what I that's what I question. And I will say very quickly to just maybe bring it back on on topic. Um, I did notice that Coles mentioned immigration as well. Now for these guys, mm. absolutely. 
Yes. Absolutely, right? And like, the that is straight up. Yeah. 400,000 yeah. extra yeah. people are going to yeah. eat, right? They are going to eat, guaranteed. Yeah. And and that is that is absolutely going to be a, 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 a positive for them. Uh, and it's, it's, it's demand that, that otherwise wasn't there. And, and they don't have much choice in terms of whether they want to eat or not. So that's... Yeah, that is that is a that is a positive. Yep, I I think that's probably right. Speaking of mate, uh, Westpac was out this week and they talked about the um, a modest in their in their words deterioration in bad debts. Now, uh, deterioration in bad debts means fewer bad debts. It means obviously more bad debts. Um, it it suggests that I think if this is this is I'm not a, I'm not a forecaster on it really care to try and make a forecast but i would say that there is no surprise <coughs> that the economy is doing what the rb is trying to get it to do which is slow down try and take some heat out of inflation um that it's very very clear that's what they wanted to do they wanted us to stop spending we're seeing discretionary retail sales fall we're seeing in westpac's own words a, a modest deterioration in bad debts there are people who are suddenly um as you say not a cliff but individually unable to pay the mortgage pay the bills and there are people who've been able to dig into savings to to you know find ways of paying it thus far but at some point the music stops they're gonna try and work out what comes next and i think that's um i think that's a just a reminder if you kind of triangulate some of this stuff we have got a slowing economy i don't know that we'll go into recession i don't know that we won't um but it's doing what it should well what's happening is what should happen i guess is my is my broader point right so on one hand it shouldn't be a surprise on the other hand it should be a bit of a wake-up call for everybody who maybe just wanted to believe head in the sand that as long as the music kept playing no one would take any chairs away and i think that's what we're seeing with westpac's numbers good profitability and this is the other thing by the way we've talked about this before but the last six months very different to the last or the six months of june uh, january to june very different to the last two months or month and a half in july and august and the trend of that, you know, even over that six-month period, when you take a six-month number and say, I did this during the six months, it isn't, well, very rarely six equal months. So yeah. if sales are up 5% in the year, or the half, they might've been up 10% in January and flat in June. Mm-hmm. Average, up 5%, looks pretty good, but you'd miss the trend. And some companies are releasing that quarterly data or, or telling that story, but it's not any more stark, I don't think, than the outlook statements, so-called, the guidance, the, the four, or, and or, the updates to what's actually happening out there. And it seems that Westpac is saying what others are saying, which is people aren't spending, people are struggling to pay their mortgages, the RBA is having the impact it wanted to have. Um, this is where we are, not surprisingly, and unemployment is starting to rise. Yeah, I mean, it was really pretty clear in what they were saying, actually. Um, now, to be fair, the the rise in bad debts is still tiny. I'm going to make up the numbers 0.8% in, in arrears of their loan book, like a tiny, tiny percent and not out of whack with historical standards. So it's increasing, um, but, but it's still very, very low. The, the point I would make is that these all tend to be pretty backward looking things. I again made a quick point to you off air before it's like the unemployment rate. People will go, oh, look, the Australian economy is really fine. It's only 3.7% or whatever. Actually, it was up a little bit, wasn't it, recently? But, you know, still ridiculously low. But, but of course it is, right? It's, 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 you look at any recession throughout history and unemployment was always low before it hit. Like, you don't it, – it's the recession that causes people to lose their job. So it's not it's – a, it's a backward-looking indicator, not a forward-looking indicator. And the same is with these arrears. So 
What do you look? Just think about it rationally. Like in your own situation, you will cut everything before you cut your mortgage because you probably value not sleeping on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like housing and shelter is important. So that is the last thing to go. Um, uh, and, and so, you know, should we be expecting these huge rises and things? No, not yet. And they made Westpac again made also the points like, actually. We're not even halfway through this so-called mm. cliff yet. So it's going to get worse. Um, the other thing that was interesting, um, uh, their net interest margin was down. Now, net interest margin is very simply, well, how much do we pay for mm. our money mm. versus how much do we get for the money that we lend out? A bank is just like any company, except yeah, it's it's and trade is, is, <laughs> is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is money. <laughs> yep, yep. That's, that's our, that is our product, right? Yes, yes. We have to, we have to pay to mm-hmm. make it. Yeah. Uh, and we, and, and we get money when we sell it. Yeah. That's, that's yep. pretty much what it is. You make, you make a margin. Now, you, yeah. You, you buy it cost, you sell it retail, you make a margin of the difference. That's what banks do. That's exactly it. Yep. Now they're actually down a little bit because they all got very competitive for a mm-hmm. while there. Yeah. And then they all, again, I am not saying collusion here because it's not. I don't think it is. No, it's absolutely not. I guarantee it's not. It's yeah. not. It's not. It's very yeah. easy to do that. But what what it is, I I would argue, is just it's game theory playing out exactly as of you would. It it's you don't you don't need to collude, right? Yeah. You just signal. It's like <laughs> right. imagine if you, me, and two mm-hmm. of our mates mm-hmm. were the only game in town, yep. right? Yep. You don't have. We don't have to have a secret meeting in the middle of the forest in the dead of night. I just go. Oh, Scott's doing that. Well, I guess I. I can maybe not do that. We, mm-hmm. we are all going to act in our own selfish interest, but we're all going to be signaling to each other indirectly and we're going to be doing our thing. So they've all now done that and they've all said, okay, let's stop doing that because <laughs> that's sort of like not helping us and, and our net interest margin is going down and down and down and down. It's at 1.8 something percent or something at the moment for Westpac. Mm-hmm. So it's a very thin slither here. Yep. The other thing that's if you want to nerd out for a little bit with banks is that they – they borrow short and they lend long uh, as well. So there is this is more of a factor in the US where you have very long fixed rate periods. Yeah, that's right. But it's it's very difficult. And like, so when you say you lend, sh- you you borrow short, it's deposits. Mm-hmm. Hope in, a, in an ideal world, it's not in Australia because we don't have enough deposits, so we borrow the rest from overseas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, which, um, which but, we've been doing for two hundred years. We've, all, we've always been a capital importing country. We've we always needed someone else's money to do the things that we wanted to do. Well, I say, oh man, because it just feels like I think we too often think is that we're immune to what's going on. Yeah, that's uh, true. Outside, that's true. and and interest yeah. rates are going up. They're going up in the US. I know that we, we Philip Lowe's decided to pause things here, mm-hmm. um, but they are going up and we'll find out what least, happens. Might, we may uh, not be prefer- pausing permanently, so we should also allow for that. He, here's the other thing, right? Let's, there, there's, we all look at the Fed and central banks. It's mm-hmm. the bond market. Everyone, it's the bond market, right? You can't force people to give loans and borrow mo- and lend money. You can't, correct, right? Correct. Um, not, not in the free market system that we have. So the bond market is really calling the shots here. Mm-hmm. And the Fed likes to do a few little things here and there to sort of pretend it's a bit... It's it's like the, you know, it's like the four foot five guy amongst a you know mm. group of giants like screaming loud and huffing and puffing and stamping their fears. Like you are a factor and a, and a powerful factor and an important mm. one, but there mm. are other bigger forces at play. And we've seen inverted yield curves. We've <laughs> seen what's happening over there. And, and and so the banks are looking at the, they're plugging their funding at much higher rates. They're going to 
to be competitive uh, and just given what is happening with official insurance, they're going to have to pay more on their term deposits, their savings accounts and these kinds of things as well. And so they need to balance this kind of stuff out. So there, there comes a point where you can decide to wear it on the chin to make sure that you don't throw a bunch of your customers into arrears because that's not good for anyone and it's certainly not good for you. Um, but there comes a point where it's just like, well, we actually go insolvent unless we, we pass on some of the pain here. And they they're getting into very I think <laughs> they're getting into they're getting into uh, again I'm not I'm not chicken little here I'm not saying it's all the sky's going to fall in but they are getting into very troubling times and we've seen what's happened with some of the regional banks in the U.S. That problem hasn't gone away by the way they just they were just sort of bailed out essentially um, so it's going to yep. be interesting to see where all of that goes. Mm-hmm. Particularly as things call it, particularly with what we've been talking about here, we're seeing all the signs from the retailers that it's getting really tough. Mm-hmm. We know that all of these things are rolling over. We know cost of funding is going up. And and then I, I continue to look at it and I say, man, you could have bought Westpac ten years ago and you would have paid yeah. thirty two bucks a share share. It's less than twenty one bucks a share now. Mm-hmm. So we've really got to slap people around the face here to stop considering these things as bulletproof yeah. we haven't had any trouble in that period really in terms of you know there's no there's been no real recession in that period Correct. and banks are hyper cyclical right they are they are the definite we just don't we forget that because we haven't had a proper recession exactly you know but they are trust me we're they're very a whole, very we're cyclical about to a whole lot of lessons that westpac frankly, nearly went you know, under yeah, and did in, in the 93 yep right yep uh was it 93 90 it was in the sorry, early 90s I, yes definitely so, so you've got a situation here where it's like, even like, I mean, we, in fact, we should very much throw in dividends here, but what a yeah, terrible should. investment that has been. Yep. And we haven't even had really tough times yet. So yep. I don't know. I don't know what I my that, point is. I think that's right. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will add my usual disclaimer that we shouldn't blame a company for the market's response to that company. Uh, a la Altium, we could have said Altium, oh, it's been a terrible investment. Shares were 45, now they're 25. What a terrible investment. They go back up. We say, oh, look, what a great investment. Uh, we need to be a little bit careful to not 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 confuse the two. But but we can blame the market, right? Yes, and, and And I think that's who, need, and I just sometimes we need a little bit of shaking out of yes. our, there are these truths, quote unquote, that we, the sacred yeah, truths exactly, exactly, that aren't exactly, true. Yeah. And yeah. I like, you know, like just, I'm not, this isn't an opinion. This is fact. <laughs> like, I know, I know anyone who bought the banks in the late nineties through to the, the, you know, the mid um, teens, 20 teens had some of the best investment returns you will ever see from big blue chip companies. And it's now it's become this idea that these are blue chip indestructible businesses. And like, that's really not been the case for a long time. And I just want to make make people aware of that. That's absolutely true. I, I, again, just for the sake of it, it, it may be the market's wrong. Right. Well, no, it just it maybe the market's wrong now, right? So the price goes back to 40 and we look, we got, we're telling a different story in six months' time. That probably won't. I, I'm not maybe. I'm not suggesting it will. I'm just, I just making yep. the point that we need to be careful about drawing conclusions from share prices because when they turn around, you draw a very different conclusion that wouldn't fundamentally alter the underpinning business, which is exactly your point. I just, I, I always kind of blanch a little bit when we use we use share prices to make a case in either direction because we both know very well that things can change very quickly. And when they do, um, we can either look like geniuses or, or, or look pretty silly. And I think that's, that, that's part of the story. You're right, the market, maybe it was stupid to pay $40 back in 2015. Maybe it's stupid to only pay $21 now or the reverse. And maybe these were great businesses 10 years ago. Maybe they're not as good anymore or or whatever's going on there. What I would say, and, and to your to your core point, is these what got them here 
is very different to where they will go moving forward because mm -hmm. over yeah. that 10-year period, they, or more than that, whatever it was, um, they gobbled up market share. So Woolies and Coles have done the same thing, by the way, over, over 40 years. I think I've said this before too, but um, Woolies and Coles were 20-ish percent market share each in the early 80s. Now, the growth, if you look at the share price growth, say, so, wow, Woolies has gone from $2 to 30 something dollars. What an amazing business. It must be doing something right. It did do something right. But the circumstances that existed before and during that growth don't exist now. You can't, Woolies can't go from 20 to 40% market share again. It can't go from 40 to 80% of those coals disappears and it's not going to in all likelihood. So just, just be mindful of changing businesses. Some have, <coughs> excuse me, really long growth runway. It's all about Altium, right? The, the growth runway of a business like that, um, it's smaller. It's got a global market, a whole lot of things going on. Woolies and coals are really high quality businesses, but they're not growth businesses anymore. <laughs> Short of them going overseas again and trying that for, a, I don't know how many ith time, uh, but they get it wrong every time they try it. The, you know, the circumstances don't exist anymore. You can't, you know, banks and, and the supermarkets, as long as they stay in Australia, can't grow as a group more than system growth. Maybe they have to get a little bit of share from IGA and maybe Aldi, you know, goes from 7% market share to 6% or something. Maybe the banks manage to, I don't know, get rid of the regionals or something, pick up a couple of percentage points. But now you're stuck at system level growth. And that's where, I'm not a macro guy. Um, I don't really, I never do top-down analysis, but it is worth thinking about the market they operate in and how much headroom there is for that growth. Maybe CBA can take a couple of share points from ANZ or ANZ from National Australia Bank or National Australia Bank from Westpac, but you're kind of talking tiddlywinks a little bit, right? You're Robin Peter to pay Paul. So just be mindful of how much potential or lack thereof still exists in, in that market. Uh, look, at least with Westpac, you can go, okay, it's a 6.7% fully frank yield. It's near enough 10% if I add the franking credits in. You know, that's, that's, geez, that's pretty good actually for a, you know, maybe I don't need any capital growth. In fact, if, if I can buy my shares at 37 bucks and yeah. what, sorry, whatever they are, I forget the share price yeah. um, and sell them for the same price in 10 years time. And I just get that dividend. Correct, that's, correct. that's enough. Not yeah. terrible. Actually, yep. that's actually yep. pretty decent. Yep. That's that, But you, again, you always have to ask what is the other person of the trade thinking? Why is the market? who scrutinizes, and I, I've just said before, the market's often not rational, so maybe that's the case. But it seems as like a lot of people are just like, no, I don't want, no thanks, I don't want a 10% grossed up yield. And the only, the only way to square that, whether right or wrong, is that, well, you, I assume, expect that dividend to be cut at some point. I, I don't know how else you I don't know how else you you reconcile that <laughs> because yeah, why yeah. would you not take that yield? Um, so that's a bit strange, or or not, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is strange, and I know I'll bang on about this again before, is like why on like is Woolies a great company? Yes, I think it's one of the best companies in in on the on the market. Will it be around in ten and twenty years? Yeah, almost certainly. Will it be a bigger business then? Yeah, I'm sure it will be. But all the points you've just made, I think, are really worth thinking about. And then you need to think about these guys are trading on a price mm. earnings multiple of 27. They, yes. What did they What did they do? They managed to grow their net profit by, they've got to think of continuing operations yeah. here because there's a is few- it, Is it Coles you're talking about now? Just uh, no, Woolies. Oh, Woolies, okay. Yeah, Woolies, so I think up mid-single digit. From, memory. Yeah, mid-single digit. So that's what they're growing at in this current year. Let's say that's, by the way, if they can sustain four or 5% for the long term, mm. that's, that's an inc incredible effort. Like it that really is, is yeah. above 
the size of the economy. So they're either just getting super, super efficient or they are winning market shares. One yeah, of the two. That's right. Exactly. One of the two. Or they're, or they're getting into another mm-hmm. segment altogether all and they're doing that well with a decent return on investment. That's the basic maths of the scenario. Mm-hmm. And yet the market there is going, actually, I'll take a 2.6% fully frank yield on that. Thank mm-hmm. you. Like, what? I'm getting 4.5% <laughs> in a term deposit, zero nominal risk. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I look, I, I wouldn't. I just can't. I can't wrap my head around the only. I said this to you before off air. My only explanation for it mm. is that people are looking at it as a capital preservation play. In other words, yeah. oh yeah, it's not. It's not sensible in any kind of valuation universe <laughs> that you get to look at. But yeah. we're pretty scared on the macro front. Woolies ain't going to go anywhere. Yeah. If if we sort of in four or five years time have only managed a low single digit return but we have preserved our capital um, then we will do that we should say too by the way there's no guarantee of preserved capital Woolies has fallen from you know 30 to 20 dollars in the past so uh, just just be careful about assuming that that's that's doable Uh, for me it's it's also that um i think there's a there's a what shares offer or good quality shares anyway offer um is generally a growing income stream so cash in the bank might earn you a set percentage on your on your capital uh, you don't get franken credits, by the way. So there's that, but also the ability to kind of say, okay, well, I'm getting whatever the dividend yield is now. Uh, I, I figure that Woolies will be bigger in 10 years' time. And so the dividend probably will go up over time. And so I can put my money away and get a growing income stream, a growing annuity stream almost. Um, and that's kind, of the, that's kind of the idea. It's interesting there with Woolies. I'm just looking. I've got a uh, This doesn't have the latest figures in it, but they paid 92 cents in dividends last year. They paid 91 cents in 2018. Uh, maybe yeah. it's up a little bit this year, but that's not growth. Anyway, no, I'm saying that you yeah. might you might have a view that that could be that that could be the future. I, I think it's I yeah, think yeah, there is right, sure. don't grow sure. their dividends over the next ten years. I mean, it's, unless they unless they don't make any extra money, I find it hard to believe in a market with growing population, growing GDP. You'd assume they'd be able to grow profits at a GDP-ish kind of rate, which is not spectacular. But I also imagine if you said, okay, I can buy shares in Woolies or Coles, I can put the money away now. Um, I probably will, will, over time, not lose my capital and I'm going to have an income stream for the remainder of my retirement or something else that will grow modestly over that time. I can I can understand that being a strategy is all I'm saying. It, it would make sense to me that... So, uh, yeah, 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 I, I, I absolutely. Uh, look, I, yeah, I don't... I've got, to, I've, got to be, I've got to be careful what you say because... Um it's easy misinterpreted. Um, the so the, I've talked about this before. A really nice rule of thumb: if you're ever dealing with dividend stocks, it's I think it's Gordon Growth Formula. It's very very easy. Take the yield, mm. so two point seven percent for Woolies, and add to that the rate of annual dividend increase that you expect. Yeah, yeah. So let's just go. Just I'm just you you, you use whatever number you want to use, dear listener. But but I'm just going to go with what your suggestion was, which is you know about GDP growth. And let's say three percent long term average kind of thing. So what that suggests is 2.7% plus 3%, 5.7% total return. Um, it's better than a kick in the teeth. Um, it ain't great. And it's probably not, probably less appealing if you say, suggest a higher than average inflationary environment, which is sort of my default position. I'm not, not saying that we won't come off these very high peaks, but you know, I think it's two percent is a long way off, <laughs> but let's call it two percent, right? Yeah, like if you yeah. if you want to, if you always call it three percent, maybe to be a bit more realistic. But it's sort of like in net real inflation adjusted terms, 
again, I'm preserving my capital. That's that's the only rational argument here. That's, and people go, I, I, I don't care because things are scary. I just want to park my my gazillions of dollars somewhere in a nice liquid listed company that's hyper defensive. And you know, in real basis, I might get two three percent per year over the longish term. I'm sort of happy to do that until the storm clouds clear. I, I think that's fine. But I think if you're an investor looking mm. at two thousand different opportunities on the ASX. And you're saying that I think Woolies is going to give me an incredible return. I just don't think you. I don't. I think you might be. I agree. Uh, I completely agree. Again, I think we're we're saying yeah. the same thing. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not defending it as a as a high return market beating investment. I'm just. No, I'm just. I'm explaining why I can imagine particularly a group of people. You know, and there might be enough of them. You only need enough true believers who say. I won't sell regardless of the PE because I like the company. I trust it. I think I'll get a growing income stream at some level if there's enough of those. You know, it's, we've seen that before, mate. We've seen in, in plenty of companies. Um, well, I mean, the, the true believers, um, they sometimes get shaken out. Maybe they, they never do. Um, but, you know, the bank shells we've just talked about, right? Like there's, there's people who are just like, I, I will not sell these shares no matter what you do to me. Uh, yeah. And they will still say, by the way, despite the fall in the Westpac share price, I've had an income stream of X over that period of time. I don't know whether it's growing or not. I imagine it's been a bit volatile, particularly with the um, uh, the COVID kind of you know pause and dividends and stuff. So I don't really know what the um, what the line looks like on that one. But but you know you, I can imagine people simply taking very exactly ordinary of the banks and saying mm. I'm, I've got a, I've got a dividend every single year with except for COVID and I've paid this and I've paid that. And I'm happy with what I've got and the share price down. But I don't really care. In that scenario, you're not going to have people sell up and and you know yeah. th- this is. It, Again, we want to be really, really careful here because we don't, we don't want to be talking about two different things and disagreeing. We're actually agreeing on both of them, which is, oh, yeah. you know, there's no, there's no reason Woolies shareholders will, will need to sell. There's no reason Woolies PE can't stay that high if enough people are happy with what the bargain they're getting for it. We'd also say at the same time, don't be mistaken into thinking that's a that's a market beating return or, or it's it's anywhere near the best return you're likely to be able to get from the ASX over any extended period of time. Well said, well said. <sighs> Should we finish up? Yeah, probably because I'll I'll find a way to circle us back to property, <laughs> property and exactly we'll be here for another half hour. Oh, thank God we haven't discussed that other topic. Don't say it. Uh, will you come back on Sunday though? Yeah, looking forward to We've it. We've got some great yeah, questions. Sure. I'm looking forward to it too. Until then, have a wonderful end of the week and early weekend. We'll see you Sunday and fool on. Cheers. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under Financial Services Licence 400691.